We're going to continue this morning our series that we've entitled Collide. When culture and family collide. And if you're a guest and this is the first time you've been here for this series, again, what we're talking about colliding is two diametrically opposed worldviews. One is that timeless worldview that God is God, that His Word is His divine revelation to us, and that our position in life is to honor Him, to love Him, and to guide our lives according to His commandments and according to His guidelines as revealed in His Word. Today, that's called the orthodox worldview. That's the orthodox position. Now, on the other side of the spectrum in today's culture that is called the progressive worldview, it's the exact opposite of that. It's that, that reject any idea of divine moral truth and authority and declare that every person has the right to live life according to their own personal life experience, needs, and choices. Diametrically opposed. One side says it's all about God. The other side says it's all about me. And God has nothing to do with it. And so we can just see that with those two extreme views of the world and of our position in the world and if there are God and and, and how we relate to God if there is, we can see how how everything has gotten so crazy between those two world views. Now today, we're going to talk about how culture has collided with family. And again, when we talk about family, we're talking about family from a biblical worldview compared to a postmodern worldview today. I want to call what we're going to talk about today the blur factor. Because I think, in general, that has been the result of the collision between the biblical worldview of the family and the postmodern worldview of the family. I, I, I think everything has got blurred. I don't think it, it has a clear identity. And therefore, we do not have clear guidance when it comes to the issue of our families any longer. I think as families, we have a blurred identity. I mean, today, what really is a family? Because when you say my family, you could be talking about a whole lot of different arrangements today. You know, God set his standard for the family. And we've looked at Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. God set down that a family, the foundation of every family would be a husband and a wife, a man and a woman. Added to that, he told the original man and woman to... to be blessed and to, and to fill the earth. In other words, as we talked about last week, God gave mankind a beautiful way to fill the earth, to procreate, and that is through the intimacy of, of sexual relations between a husband and a wife. God could have continued just making people out of the dust of the earth and out of a rib of a man, and, and he could have just continued that process. But he gave a husband and wife a very special, loving intimate experience by which to have children. And so God says that the family's foundation is a husband and a wife and then children. That's what God's family looks like. Now that has really become blurred. And I think it's important to note here in the United States of America, in our culture, that has really only been blurred in the last 60 years going through the modern period that we talked about earlier, and now in the postmodernism, 
It's only been about 60 years, 50, 60 years that the family identity has been blurred so much. Up until that time, about the early 60s, God's foundation, God's portrait of the family endured over thousands and thousands of years. We can see the blurring over the last 60 years or so of the family identity through TV, can't we? I mean, we can think back, uh, those of us who are old enough, the programs like Leave it to Beaver and Ozzy and Harriet and Father Knows Best. And, and as they progress, and one of Stella Mice's favorite was the Cosbys. We loved the Cosbys. We used to watch it faithfully every week. And it was a traditional home. Now, there was a lot of humor because, let's face it, if we can't laugh at ourselves and our families, uh, we're in trouble, right? Because we, we have a lot of unusual things happen. But it was the traditional family. Huxtable, Dr. Huxtable. Even though he was kind of funny and they made fun of him, when it came down to where the rubber meets the road, he made decisions and he led his family and his family followed his lead. Then we began to see in the late 60s, things began to change because the family identity began to change. As we talked about, when we talked about marriage, divorce became much more acceptable and much more rampant in society. So we see Shows then coming on to reflect that, like the what? The Brady Bunch, right? Now we have two blended families. Now originally, Sherman Schwartz, who was the producer of the Brady Bunch, wanted to portray Mike Brady as a widow, and, and that's what he was. They wanted to portray Mrs. Brady played by Florence Henderson as a divorcee, but it was so early in this transition, in this blurring of the family identity, that they wouldn't do it, so they just left her previous marriage up to speculation. They never did clarify how she became separated from her original husband. Now, in this particular program, her three daughters take the surname of Brady. And so now we're looking at a blended family, and that was important because, at least to the media's perspective, because that's what America was becoming. Increasingly, they were becoming blended families. Then we move on to another group just a couple years later called the what? The Partridge family. And now we have a single mother raising children without the presence of a male role model, out the presence of a father. Again, early on, in the early 70s, this, this premiered, Mrs. Partridge, Shirley Partridge, was widowed. But what was really being reflected in this identity of the family, much more than widowed, because widows have been, been part of, of life and experience for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, the difference was, Divorcees and single parents now because of divorce. Now, this has taken new kind of dramatic form in our day. Kirby Anderson, again from Pro Ministry, says, an increasing number of women give birth to children out of wedlock. We see that today. Not because of accidents, but by design, by intent. He goes on to say, this increase is due in large part to the changing attitude towards marriage and family. Essentially, the current generation disconnects having children and getting married. 
In their minds, they separate parenthood from marriage, thus creating an enormous increase in the number of single-parent homes. He concludes by saying, Greater social acceptance of -of out-of-wedlock births, divorce, and single-parenting tends to reinforce the trends and suggest that these trends will increase in the future. And this is exactly what has happened. Now we see all the time that starlets, uh, celebrities, choosing to have babies who are not married, and they're very vocal and they're very proud of that, and that now is becoming a trend in America. So we see this going and evolving yet, even as postmodernism goes on. Well, as we continue to trace TV, then what began to come and, and, and to fill the airways were dysfunctional family sitcoms, like this one, Married with Children. Now, Ted Bundy, the character in, in, in the, the series, the sitcom, is a buffoon. He's laughed at by his, his, his children, and he's made fun of, and his wife uh, doesn't listen to him. And the whole family unit becomes extremely dysfunctional, and that is celebrated. And we see one sitcom after another that grew up with this new family identity where the husband was not the head of the home, where he was a buffoon, and when it was really silly to be men, and children didn't obey their, their parents, and, and the whole thing kind of lost its direction. Now today, this kind of format abounds on TV. Modern family with all kinds of different uh, uh, situations, and, and uh, the Osbournes, and, and the, uh, the Kardashians, and then Tim Allen's brand new Last Man Standing has all these dysfunctional kind of plot lines. And of course, you've got Tyler Perry in the middle there, and the title of that series was House of Pain. How descriptive is that of our family units today? Then, as we know, on the vanguard of postmodernism now is another challenge to the family identity, which is families by same-sex partners. So the whole identity of families has been confused. One author humorously wrote this. He said, On a spring afternoon, half a century from today, the Joneses are gathering to sing happy birthday to Junior. There's Dad and his third wife, Mom and her same-sex partner, Junior's two half-brothers from his father's first marriage, his six stepsisters from his mother's partner's previous unions, hundred-year-old great-grandpa, all eight of Junior's current grandpas, assorted uncles, uncles uncles-in-laws, and step-cousins. Well, one robot scoops up the gift wrapping, and another blows out the candle, Junior makes a wish that he didn't have so many relatives. I mean, this is, it's funny, it's comical, but it's tragic because that's exactly what's happening to the family unit. The identity of the family has become so blurred that when you've got two people talking about their families, you have no idea what they're really talking about. When two children are experiencing, are sharing their family experience, you have no idea of what that family really looks like. We also see blurred family role models and roles in the family. Now again, God has been very, very open and very detailed about what the roles are of a husband, of a wife, of parents, and children. He's very clear about this. 
Now, just to show you how much this pickle principle of us being saturated in this culture and our minds being impacted by the programs we're watching and all those kind of things, let me show you what they are, and it's going to receive an immediate emotional action as we go back to God's foundational standards for the home. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22 and 24. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Now, immediately, I will venture to say that right now there's some bristling wives. I guarantee it. Maybe they're in a marriage that, that's dysfunctional. Maybe they were uh, uh, victims of divorce. And this whole idea of God's original foundation for the marriage relationship and the collision that you've incurred in your life with culture has caused this immediately to be an issue that you question. Now, God has reasons for it being this way. He just didn't do it because he doesn't like women. Remember, women, women were the, the pinnacle of all his creative acts. He was, woman was the last creation element that God created above everything. First Peter 3, 1 Peter 3.1 gives one indication. Wives, in the same way, be submissive to your husbands, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. Now, I've had so many wives come and tell me, either those who are married to unbelievers, that this particular context pertains to expressly, or those who are in marriages with nominal Christian husbands, and they say to me all the time, I wish my husband would be a, a, a greater spiritual leader. I wish my husband would, would take the lead more in family matters. One of the ways that you can encourage that is to embrace your godly position in the home. God says sometimes that is the element that makes a difference in the relationship growing. Now, men... It says in Ephesians chapter 5.25, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Now, we already know that, that the Bible has says that, that the husband is the head of the family unit. But then it describes how we are supposed to fulfill that godly role. It says, first of all, we're supposed to love our wives, what? Sacrificially, that verse says. It's all about us sacrificing our comfort, sacrificing a lot of our personal desires, our time, our resources, our desire for things. We are to sacrifice for our wives and our families in the same way that Jesus sacrificed himself for the church. And what kind of sacrifice that was? Unconditional total sacrifice. It goes on to say in 1 Peter 3, 7, Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of this gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Now, it's not talking about women being weak. It's saying as women fulfill their biblical role in the marriage, in the family, then you need to be considerate that that is taking, especially in the day of this culture, in the day when that is being resisted, you got to understand that your wife is taking a measure. Your wife is supporting a biblical view that is absolutely unpopular today. And so we need to take that in consideration. So we need to be considerate to them. 
And one of the reasons this whole family unit has become blurred and has broken down is because we haven't been fulfilling our roles. Colossians 3.19, husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. See, one of the things is that so many Christian husbands have assumed this biblical position as a dictator and not as a leader. Ephesians 5.33 tells us our roles. It says, however, each one of you also must love his wife, that's talking to the husband, as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. What's that verse say? Husbands must love their wives. Wives must respect their husbands. That's the biblical role. Ephesians 6, 1 and 3 tells the role of the children in the home. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Look what it says. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. I love this. This is the first commandment with a promise. What is the promise? It goes on to say, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. See, children are commissioned by God to honor and to respect and to obey their children. And we see in contemporary culture how that has just gone the other way. In fact, now parents more often than not, seem to be the target of their children's rebellion. Blurred family roles. We see it everywhere, and it's causing great chaos in families today. Pastor Joe Matera, pastor of a, of a megachurch, says this, Even godly women enter marriage with feminist presuppositions, including the belief that they are not to submit to male leadership in their homes. It's almost anathema to preach the biblical role for husbands and wives in the church today. And it really is. I'm scared to death I'm going to get mugged after this service. I can't tell you, and I'm sure the other pastors are experiencing the same thing as I do, but that it is not uncommon today that when we are sitting down doing premarital counseling with couples, and when we get right down to to the the time of the wedding and we're going over the, the wedding vows, how many women request that they no longer say, love, honor, and obey? Cut out the obey. See, that is a direct result of postmodernism, a direct result of this collision in our family roles. Joe goes on to say then, men are not expected to act like real men in today's culture, but rather like metrosexuals, which is some sort of hybrid between femininity and masculinity. Married men are constantly chided, rebuked, and pressured to be sensitive to their wives and children, which generally is a a good thing. That's what the Bible said. It said, be considerate. But it's gone too far. Because now, he goes on to say, the problem is many women are trained in our culture to expect men to act exactly like women. And that's exactly what's happening. This whole idea of, of, of who God made us to be is unpopular, and it's even considered to be an evil in culture and society today. Now, the problem is, as men abdicate because of the social pressure of the modern culture, their biblical role as a leader in the home, it actually causes more work for the wife and the mother, which exasperates the family situation. A retired husband is often a wife's full-time job. 
I know that may be speaking of retired from work, but it's the same thing true in any family where the husband has checked out. And we see that increasingly because everything is so confused, no one knows who they are. Sue Boland from Pro Ministries again, talking about feminism, said, The legacy of feminism is the refusal of the God-given role of men to be initiator, protector, and provider. And the God-given role of women to be responder, nurturer, and helper is equally disdained. The consequence, she says, of this rebellion is relational confusion, especially in the home. Dads aren't communicating to their sons why it's a blessing to be male, because frankly, they're not sure that it really is a blessing. The message of feminism is that being male is a joke, or even a curse, as we see reflected on TV shows and movies and and everything else. Moms aren't teaching their daughters the basic skill sets that homemakers need because they're too busy at their jobs. And besides, haven't we been taught that being a homemaker is demeaning? See, we have totally blurred the foundational roles that God has intended men and women to play in the relationship of marriage and in the family. And it's caused confusion everywhere. Add these things together, now you've got blurred parenting. Blurred parenting. Kids are confused today. They really are. Think about it. You take a child, who's really parenting that child today? I mean, you got mom and dad. But in so many homes, and even in Christian homes, they're competing for control and power and and, and for place, and they've abandoned their biblical positions. And and so they're busy, and they're both working, and and when they're home, they're often challenging each other, or they're not talking at all, and home is a very, very uh, uh, agitated kind of environment. But, But then they go to school, and they're with a school teacher for how many hours a day? Six to eight hours a day. And who is the school teacher? What, what do we know about the school teacher? Maybe she is a strong proponent of the feminist movement and it is injecting that in everything that she teaches. Maybe she is, is, is a, a, uh, a strong proponent of, of, of same-sex marriage and same-sex relationship. Maybe she herself is a lesbian. And they're, they're getting all this cultural stuff from that person six hours, seven hours, eight hours a day. Well, then because both parents are working, the child after school goes to where? Goes to daycare. Now, what do we know about what's going on at daycare? What do we know what kind of messages are being communicated there? And at daycare, he's hanging around some of his, his friends and she's hanging around some of his girlfriends at daycare and they're all pumping into them their own identities and their own persuasions of culture as being pumped into them by their families or or by other people impacting them. And then, of course, you've got the fact that we've put our kids in all kinds of soccer and t-ball and dance lessons and everything, and we're keeping them running 100 miles an hour every day of their lives. And and they're getting pumped into them at the the t-ball field, at the soccer field, some cultural perspective by coaches and and sub-coaches. And then, of course, when they come home, What do we do? We park them in front of the television and allow the media to impact their minds. Who's really parenting the child? Children are confused. They don't know who is the authority. Who is their true mentor? Everything has been blurred. United Nations University is the academic arm of the United Nations. It's located in Tokyo, Japan. 
It has satellite campuses in different countries around the world. One satellite campus is at the United Nations in New York City. But the foundational purpose of United Nations University is to do comprehensive and extensive research on issues that impact humanity around the world, whether it's socially or politically or financially, economically, whatever. And they do extensive research, and then they present it to the United Nations. Well, speaking of postmodernism, a report that came out of uh, United Nations University said this, Parents in the postmodern family may relinquish their roles as educators. For many postmodern children, there's dual socialization by family and daycare provider. And I, I would say far more than just dual. It can be triplicate and quadruple. They go on to say, with child care shared between family and daycare, new problems have arisen. While some children thrive on dual socialization, others languish, unable to adjust either their environment or to the demands of daily transition from one environment to the other. The young child may be unable to form the necessary communication link between the two environments. In other words, as I just said, children are confused. They don't know who to listen to because they may be hearing extremely conflicting views. And if you are a Christian parent and you're talking all, or they're coming to church and they're coming to Awana program or whatever, and they're hearing this biblical worldview, and then everywhere else they're hearing this postmodern worldview, they don't know who to listen to. And some of them can handle it and understand it because they have a little bit more maturity, but others can't. It goes on to say, responsibilities may not be divided clearly between home and daycare resources. As a result, neither may provide some crucial aspects of child rearing. For example, in the United States, neither the daycare center nor the working parents may perceive themselves in charge of helping the child to develop the capacity to exercise self-control, nor of teaching the child basic social components such as table manners, greeting rituals, narration of daily events, and interview skills required for social orientation and reconnaissance. In other words, what's happening is parents are, are, are increasingly delegating the rearing of their children to other organizations, and what's happening is there's no coordination between those components. And so therefore, some of the most critical skills that children need to learn are not being learned because one's taken for granted. Well, yeah, the church is teaching them the spiritual things and school's teaching them the academic things and, and the, the coaches, they're teaching them how to be a good team player and, and a good work ethic and all that kind of stuff. And, and so critical skills and concepts that children need to know are being missed because they don't know who to turn to. They don't know who to listen to. There's so many forces bombarding me. Now, this study says this, that although parents remain very concerned about their children in the postmodern world, perceptions of parenting have changed. In the modern era, that's the era just prior to the postmodern era, in the modern era, the focus of parent education was development of the whole child, socially, academically, morally, uh, things like table manners, all that kind of thing. In contrast, parenting in the postmodern world is perceived as a learned technique with specific strategies for dealing with particular issues. The target has shifted from the whole child to developing the child's positive sense of self-esteem. See, that's what we're doing. We're we're, we're trying to make sure that the, the child feels good about himself, that he feels good about herself. And what we're doing is we are pumping out all of these really super confident kids into the workforce and into society who have no idea what it means to punch a clock at 9 o'clock and work an honest day's labor for an honest day's wage. Everything has changed. 
And the business world is experiencing this, and it's causing great chaos. But what's happened is the whole idea of parenting has become blurred. child doesn't know who to listen to because there's so many voices coming at them at one time. Now, one of the areas and one of the most critical areas that this lack of parenting is surfacing and identifying itself is in relation to the foundational purpose of parents from a biblical worldview. Ephesians chapter 6, 4 says, Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Who? Fathers. We're the head of the family. With the head of the family, privilege comes spiritual responsibility. Now, that is true of the parents in general. In Deuteronomy chapter 11, verses 19 through 20, says, Fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. That's talking to the parents. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit down at home, and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. See, a foundational, from the biblical worldview, component of parenting is not only table manners, not only respect, not only organizational skills, not only responsibility, but spiritual application, spiritual growth, understanding the principles of God. But today, all of that is blurred. Adding increased frustration to everything we've talked about today is blurred boundaries. What do we mean by, again, the United Nations report? On-site daycare, personal computers, electronic communications that permit work at home, and the lack of a defined working day for the higher occupational classes progressively blur the boundaries between the workplace and home. See, what's happening now is that when parents are coming home from work, they continue to work. Before the day of technology that we enjoy today became so abundant, Dad used to come home from work, and not all dads would engage their families. Sometimes they'd just prop their feet up and watch TV all night. But you came home from work, you weren't at work. When moms who worked, and there's nothing wrong with, with women working, the, 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 the exemplary woman of Proverbs chapter 31 worked outside the home. But when they came home, then they had home life. I, I can remember as a child sitting at the table eating dinner with my family. That's almost unheard of today. See, because even when we're home, we're not home. Even when we're home, Dad's working on the computer, doing emails, catching up on business. And, and Mom, even when she's home, she's, she's, she's working at night trying to catch up because there's some things that, that more have to be done. And children are not getting the attention of their parents because the boundaries between work and family time have become so blurred. The blur factor. It's blurred the very identities of what families are to look like. It's blurred the roles that people are playing in the family. It's blurred parenting because there is no central force. There's no central leadership in the home. It's blurred the boundaries because now Work is home and home is work and we never stop. Now with that in mind, 
Can you see the gulf that has evolved from God's original design for the family to where the family exists today? Can you see how they compete with each other? Can you see how they are not supportive of each other? And we are challenged every day with which worldview is going to have the greatest influence on our families. Now, how do we bring the family back in the focus from a biblical worldview? For those of us who do embrace God as God and God's word is God's word. And we do want to live our lives in such a way that is pleasing to Him. And we do want to have families that model His creative design. How do we bring our families back into focus? We'll come back next week and we'll talk about that. We're colliding, folks. Every day. And when we take time, as we're doing in this series, to really look at that collision and to see where we're colliding, it's eye-opening, isn't it? Because see, what's happening to us is that we're not making, especially those of us who are in the church here, parent Christian parents, we're not making conscious decisions to defy God. That's not what we're about, is it? I mean, we don't want to do that. The very fact that we worship God, we come, is because we do love God. And we want to embrace Him, and we want to obey Him, and we want to follow Him. The problem is the pickle principle. We are saturated. We are sitting in a culture that is diametrically opposed to God in His Word. And as we are bombarded by that day after day after day, it's going to wear off. It's going to begin to impact the way we think. It's going to be impacting the decisions that we make. It's going to have an effect. And we've got to stop. And we've got to take and evaluate where we're at and what's controlling us. Because it's our choice. The home is the foundation of all creation. Let's bow our heads. Where are you in the pickle principle? We talked about the things today. Which which things resonated with you? Where possibly have you opened the door for culture to have a negative impact in your family? Well, we're going to try to correct that. Next week we're going to look at that. But, you know, where any growth begins is when we honestly... Admit after a careful evaluation of the way we're living our lives. And so today, I hope that the blur factor that we talked about today just brings to the surface. As we go through our routine days every day, we're not even thinking about this stuff. Brings to the surface the fact that our families are out of focus. Because our culture is out of focus. And to bring it back into focus, we're going to have to make some deliberate changes 
in the way we operate, in the way we think. And so right now, here's my challenge to you. Will you open your family to the Lord again? Will you just give it back to Him? Married couples, will you, will you give back your, your marriage to Him? Moms and dads, will you give back your family to Him? Children, will you return to God's creative design for the family? See, if we'll do that, then God is open to bring healing and new direction into our lives. Father, I pray for all of our families here today. And we have many that are represented by, by marriage. We have many single-parent homes that have been victimized by culture and victimized by challenging circumstances. And God, we know that you love every family here today. And God, even though some families have more challenges than others, we can all make a conscious effort to return to your creative design for the family. It'll take sacrifice. It'll get messy. It'll cause some major readjustments in the way that we we interact with each other. But God, if you designed it, then we know it's perfect. And God, you know how it works best. And so it's a matter of trusting you more than trusting the world. More than even trusting our own desires. Father, help us to get it back in focus. So that we, in the families of Florida Bible Church and other churches like Florida Bible Church, so that we can be role models to the dysfunctional families that are the victim of our postmodern culture. Use us for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.